I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. There's something, there's something beautiful about reading the Ancient Mariner out loud. It's the Coleridge Absolute <laughs> Weekender. Uh. Samuel Taylor Coleridge, one of my favourites. You might have been into the Walter de la Mare weekend we had. Uh, anyway, we're going to break up this talk yeah. about poetry um, <laughs> to say that this is the Frank Skinner Absolute Radio podcast. I've been away for three weeks and so has Gareth. But what Emily has held the fort with with uh, with guests. And I was cheating on you with uh, Dave Gorman and Jimmy. Yeah, well, that does not surprise me. So uh, it was a cracking show this week. We had uh, the Dotworth Lewis method on, which I can't say, but which I do like, which is um, Neil Hannon's new band from the Divine Comedy, and mm. uh, they were very very he's, entertaining. He was lovely. No, well, they both were lovely. Him and mm. Thomas Welsh. Only because he asked lovely. you about your baby. Yeah, no, he made a special effort to talk to me. That's nice, isn't it? Because yeah. people don't no, often difficult. celebrities they don't no. they don't. I don't want to talk to people like you, Gareth. <laughs> I mean, I, God, I, I feel pretty good about the fact that I do. <laughs> it's a joke. I love you both. So it's fantastic to be back, and they're going to love it, aren't they? Oh, yeah, I really like today. I had a good time. Good. Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily and Gareth. Hi, Frank. You're back. I am back. Good morning. It's true. Did I miss anything while I was away? Any big news yeah, it's stories? It's a pretty slow news week this week. Yes. So um, I, I think we should. We can't begin without uh, without mentioning um, Michael Jackson has died. Um, and yes, it was a terrible shock. I'm not going to pretend I was a massive fan of his music. I've got to be honest about that. But um, obviously, I was very saddened to hear that he died. So that's uh, that was. How did it affect you guys? I was actually really sad. You're then, more his generation, if you know what I mean. What? You're suggesting I'm fifty? No, no. But <laughs> Thanks I mean, a lot, Frank. For, to appreciate back. his music, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're right. I was I was a young kid, and so I was um, I was a big fan of his music. Yeah. Yes. I, I cried. I, like I think, actually cried. I like to think that your plastic surgery was a, a, a dedication <laughs> to a, a homage. What about you? Um, yeah, I, f- I found it really moving, and I was surprised how moved I was. I mean, we talked about Elvis, didn't we? And how I think he is one of those people. Like I don't, you know, I, I wasn't born when Elvis died, but I think he's one of those people that's you so big. You wasn't born when Elvis died. Oh yeah. my! How old is? I was. A, I remember <laughs> I was working in a factory <laughs> in uh, in Smedic and uh, when Elvis died. Oh, I was man. outside Harrods when Elvis died. Well, that does not surprise me. You're outside <laughs> Elvis, outside, outside Harrods when everyone dies. Let's face it. Actually, use your inside Harrods. Anyway, if, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who are big Michael Jackson fans. So I, I have. Um, I've got to say, from a, and I don't mean this disrespectful, as a, as a comedian, he was an absolute gift. I've done a million jokes about Michael Jackson and about you know all the mad stuff, and I do like celebrities that are sort of wild and eccentric, and he was the best for that. So he was the king of that, certainly. And I, I, oh man, all the stuff about you know him changing colour and, and and having elephant man thing it was so brilliant uh and i don't think there's anyone who's that eccentric now that we we love it was a gift so i god i bless his memory for that anyway we pay homage to him and um if you are a big fan of his you have very much have our condolences um 
So I'm back. I've been away for three weeks, which is too long to be away from it a radio show. It feels like ages. I had a terrible moment. I was on holiday, and my manager was actually in the studio today, phoned me up and said, just to let you know, um, Dave's doing brilliantly on the show. <laughs> that was replaced by Dave Gorman while I was away. Well, I'm glad he did brilliantly, but I didn't want to hear about it on my holidays. I didn't want to hear about it at all. I don't want to talk to you about Dave. Do you know why? Because I feel a bit like, you know, you're like a boyfriend asking me about someone I had an affair with or something. Yeah, I feel like John LeMazurier <laughs> after his wife went off with Tony Hancock and then returned. That's what I feel like. And I know John LeMazurier, Le in case you don't know who he is, he was, he was uh, Sergeant Wilson from Dad's Army. Is and, that how you he, say his name, LeMazurier? I believe so. What do you call him? LeMazurier. Uh, really? Yeah. What do you call him? I would him? have called him John LeMazurier. Oh, <laughs> let's call the whole thing Sergeant Wilson. Anyway, John the Measurer, is he someone from the, the Old Testament? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you have been watching. John the Measurer, <laughs> who was, was in The Disciples, and he used to measure religious things. <laughs> yes, well, John Le Mazou, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I'm no, going to change go after it, all these fine. years. His wife went off with Tony Hancock for a brief mm. period of time. And then Tony she came Hancock. back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and apparently, after she came back, she'd occasionally... You know, you sometimes do this when you're with a, with a partner. You say, oh, do you remember when we went to the theatre to see Blah Blah? And they say, that wasn't me. And there's that really horrible moment, right? In fact, my girlfriend Kat says that to me all the time, often when it was her. And I'm sure it was her, but she puts doubt in my mind. But anyway... Um, yeah, so when she referred to a Tony Hancock thing and said, oh, do you remember that time, blah, blah, he used to say, I believe that was during our interregnum, darling. <laughs> now, the interregnum, in case you don't know, was that period when there wasn't a, a, yeah. a, a monarch on the throne in England and Cromwell was in charge. It was a fabulous. So I'm seeing the last three weeks as my interregnum. Are you comparing Dave Gorman to Cromwell? I am, in many <laughs> ways, yes. And, uh, and myself, too. Who was it that came back after Cromwell? People are listening now thinking, I wish Dave Gorman would come back. We don't want to hear about all this. We don't even remember Dad's army, let alone Cromwell. Absolute radio. Yes, yeah, so I was away. I was on holiday for two weeks in Greece with my bird. And then I did a thing for children in need. Mm. I went across Europe um, on land. Uh, well, and water, but we couldn't fly. Actually, there's an Albion chant. West Bromwich Albion have a football chant that goes, We will follow the Albion over land and sea and water! <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never quite understood. Weird but, um, afterthought. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we had a long debate about it once and thought maybe they mean fresh water. <laughs> yeah. Like rivers and streams. <laughs> exactly. And maybe a lake. But anyway, we had to, we had to go across Europe um, for children in... Oh, the, the children in need are doing a th around the world in 80 days, and it's two celebrities go do a leg each. But you couldn't find legs. anyone who'd want to go with you, could you? No, that's true, but I, I went with Lee Mack, the comedian, who was... Oh, OK, uh, who what was, was he like? Is he nice? He was thoroughly a good company, I have to say. We had... Uh, it's great, because we were going through, you know, Istanbul, the, the marvellous spice-filled streets of Istanbul, and talking about comedians we worked with in the 1990s. So uh, it, was, it was lovely. But uh, quite a lot of travelling. It's the first travelogue, which is basically just about travel. It's two men on a coach for <laughs> right. seven days. Because it's like a race. Oh. It's not one of these when you stop off and, and you know, sample exotic tea in Bratislava. It's basically getting across as fast as you can to hand over to two people from The Apprentice so they can do the next leg. But it was, um, it was for children in need, which, of course, makes uh, all that hardship worthwhile. Mm. But it, the holiday... 
I have to say, I like the holiday, but I sometimes think, especially when I'm on holiday, that I, I wouldn't mind it if I never went on holiday again. Why do you say that? Well, I'm not sure I like them that much. I don't like them enough to put two weeks aside for them. What don't you like about them? I don't like being away much, <laughs> which with holidays I find is a, is a drawback. I'm, I'm all right with flying. I, I don't mind that. I don't like being an unfamiliar... So the first, oh, I understand. The yeah. first day and a half on holiday, I'm full of regret that, I'm, that I went away in the first place. You see, I have on... You know what I hate about going on holiday? I'm phobic about creased clothes... So literally, honestly, <laughs> no, I am frank. If I, I've gone out with a crease in my clothes, I've had to go back and iron it and be late. Cause I'm right. like, so can you imagine what it's like for me having to go on holiday? And I know all my clothes. I, I, when I'm on the plane, I just imagine them all in, being all jumbled up in the case. And oh. I get really stressed out. That's so like, I know iron in every language. I hope you never become homeless. <laughs> because your creased clothes problems are going to be... Well, they're going to be the least of your worries. Well, that's... I'm, I, well, I'll tell you something else. I don't, I'm not very keen on other people speaking a language that I don't understand. And I mean that in, the, in a very non... Um, <laughs> oh, let me think of the things that it's non. Well, I don't mean it... I mean, I'm all right with them, just... Uh, I hate not being able to completely, fully communicate with people. Although I was sitting outside a bar in Istanbul and a bloke said, uh, are you from England? And I said, uh, yeah. He said, where? And I thought, you won't have heard of it, mate. I said, Birmingham. And he went, all right, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of amazing. Absolutely amazing. But no, I have a problem with the... I just don't, you know, I'm a communicator by trade. Mm. Are you a holiday man, Gareth? I, um... I quite people do holidays in different ways, don't they? What do you what do Maybe you like? You do what do you sideways. do on holiday? Well, no, because some people like to just go and lay on a beach. Well, and you read. can't do that anymore because that that does terrible things to your skin. So that's another mm. big thing with going away. People used to go away just to get a tan, but now that's bad for you. Turns out. Yeah, I, I think I like. I think I don't do very much in my normal life. No, well, I, so I, when that's I go on true. Holiday. Your life is a holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's well, quite a dull thing. holiday at the English seaside in winter. You actually live at the seaside, of course. Yeah. Gareth lives in Bournemouth, in case you don't know. So there's no point going on holiday if you live in Bournemouth. You are on holiday. Yeah. Hmm. Can I just tell you something? We've got an uh, te- email in, which rather oddly is about Jean Le Maitre. Oh, great. I'm, yeah. great. I'm glad he's been the theme of today. A lot of people <laughs> thought Michael Jackson would be the main theme, but no, it's John Le Maitre. And Oliver Cromwell. John Le Maitre, do you mean? No, someone's actually saying, if you listen to any of the radio shows of Dad's Army, they always read out the cast names at the end and pronounce his name Le Maitre. They don't, they don't read out the cast names On the radio, the end, do they? they do. Oh, on the radio. Yeah, they says the radio shows. Hmm, so I would just like to pounce on this opportunity to say that I was right about something. Well, if I remember rightly, John Le Mazzurri had into the radio shows. That was, <laughs> that was John Le Mesera. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Gareth, congratulations. Thank you. In case you don't know, Gareth, um, his wife had a baby during the, during the period of us being away. Yeah. And uh, so yours was sort of paternity leave you've yes. been away for. I'm yeah. a dad now. That's fantastic. You I'm look a you father. look much older and more I don't mean that horribly. Yeah. <laughs> well thank you. I was yeah. You look more mature and you responsible. You look lovely, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a father. I have an air. To me, you just look like that, a student who's knocked on my door and asked for tea bags. Yeah. <laughs> You'll always be that to me. But it's great that you've, you've got a, a baby. That's fabulous. And mother and baby are well. Yeah, they're doing really good. And it's a boy. It's a boy. Ethan. Ethan. Is his name. 
Ethan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> name. Emily. Emily's can't got this. Say Ethan. No, she's got this Graham Jill Rowland <laughs> thing, so he has to call him Ethan. Ethan, which was like what was John Wayne's character name in The Searchers? That's right. Yeah, that's actually my dad's favourite film, The Searchers. So I do know that, but yeah, that's not directly what we named. We just like the name. It's but, a pity, really, that you've said it was a film because there'll be some '60s music enthusiast now googling to see if John <laughs> Wayne was in The Searchers. <laughs> in a did he sing needles and pins? Mm. God, the reference is coming in today. I will work my way up to the 21st century by the end of the show. So, is it all right? Is it, is it one of these things when you're not asleep? Because I have to say, I don't have children. Yes, I'm 52 and I don't have children. Stop staring at me. <laughs> um, in fact, I was when I, on, on my children in need trip. I, I, I met the um, Crown. I know this is your bit. Gareth, but bear no, with no, me. And uh, I've been away a long time. I need to talk about myself because you see, the Turks—they just didn't understand me. Um, no, I was—I met the, the Crown Prince of Serbia. What? Yes, and we went to the—not um, in a pub. I went to his palace. It's not no, no surprise that he was there. And uh, his wife said to me, Princess Catherine, she said, do you have children? And I said, no, I don't have children. She said, you know, IVF is very good nowadays. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> anyway, sorry, Gareth. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little anecdote about the Serbian <laughs> royal family there. No, that's good. Um, yeah, so it's, no, it's lovely. He's fantastic. He's excellent. Well, parents so are always saying that. Have you no. got any, any original contribution to no, parenting? I, no, to I do think he is. I think he's the best baby I've come across. So that's who speaks really, phoning. He's really very good. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the best baby you've ever met? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. It's, it's important that you think that, because if you was a caveman, you'd need to think that in order to have the protective instinct. They're mm. quite exhausting, though, aren't they? Cavemen, I, I find no, them. It's all that. They just eat meat, you see. If they had more fibre. <laughs> children. children. What do I, you, you don't have children either. Now, all right. Gareth, Gareth's the only normal one on the show, let's face don't go, don't go all Serbian royal family on me. <laughs> OK, sorry. Um, no, I had to look after my niece for the weekend, and I discovered something. I adore my niece, Mimi. She's a friend of the show. She's seven. Yes, we have had her on. Uh, um, I think she's eight now. Oh, dear, I'm in trouble. Yeah, she's eight. But um, it, basically, looking after a child for the weekend is like looking after a very high-maintenance celebrity. That's what I discovered. <laughs> and God knows you've had a few weekends like that <laughs> in your time. You have to drive them everywhere. Everything they, every, <laughs> it's true, they don't drive. I've noticed that. <laughs> Everything they do, you have to go, that's amazing. Yes. They do a drawing or something, and it's often it's not. But you still have to say it's brilliant. Yeah. And you have to eat the food they want to eat, watch the film Elf three times that they want to watch, and then they wake you up at six in the morning. You're right. It is like being with a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I like about this is you began this talk about your niece by saying, oh, God, I've said she's seven and she's eight. That might upset her. <laughs> I'm now going to really talk about how I maintenance and difficulties. She'll be fine with that. But all t- she's lovely and I adore her. Yes, that's the disclaimer, ladies and yes. gentlemen, in case you didn't spot it. Absolute Radio. Did you see that Princess Diana's robber was um, sold this week, that she had when she was nine-year-old at school? It was sold for 540 quid. Which I think is quite a bargain for Princess Diana. It's got D. Spencer written on it. You know the way you used to write your name on your Robert at school? And it also says on it, for big mistakes, it says on <laughs> it. Uh, which I think she gifted it to Prince Charles <laughs> at, at their uh, first anniversary. But um, it's interesting. That I, I've got a bit of uh, celeb memorabilia. and uh, What have you got? I've got... Um, a hair from Elvis's now just hold your breath horse right you haven't really yes I have I I um 
Elvis's horse, uh, they they sold the, the horse. After Elvis died, they sold a lot of his stuff. So they um, they separated a, a horse. <laughs> Separa- <laughs> it's a, it's a died, and then they, they sort of... Mm, they sep- shaved it. They, well, they plucked it, I think. <laughs> it has the root on it. I think it's I got root. If I had DNA facilities and cloning at home, I could grow another horse exactly the same. Mm. So I've got a, a hair from... A, it, it's a, a mane hair, not not a tail hair. I've got a mane hair from Elvis's horse. I was worried about that, though, Frank. I mean, how do you actually know? Couldn't it just be anyone? You know, be Kim I hate it when people say something? that. When you, when you brag about your memorabilia, people <laughs> say, how do you know? That, to me, brings the whole... That's like, you know, how do you know anything? Well, yeah, eh? But do you have... What I'm saying is, do you have some authentication thing? Certificate? Yeah, I have a photo <laughs> of the horse, and it's of extremely similar colour. OK. That's good enough for me. And I've also got a section of the fence from uh, from Elvis's ranch that really? was uh, yeah sawn into um, six inch squares. Did you just steal it or did no no oh. no? I, someone gave it to me as okay. a gift actually, which was very nice. So I, I didn't steal it. What about that then? Well, I've, it's I've, not a great collection. I can of top you. Can you go on? Mine's rather odd, I have to say. Okay. I've got. Someone bought me. A friend bought me at an auction. Um, you know Linda Blair, who's in The Exorcist. Oh yeah. A pair of her earrings. Uh-huh. This is quite weird, though. I've I've never worn them. I've got no use for them, but I have got them. That's. Uh, is she still alive? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. You never wear them. That'd no. be not wear them for the show. Oh, they wouldn't work with headphones. <laughs> no. no they'd, they'd have to be very kind of sturdy with her head spinning around all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're built like those little things you get on the fair, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it spins around with kids sitting Got on little seats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Little seats with tiny children on. And so as their head spins, they go right out to the side. Wow, that would That'd be good if they had like fairy lights on. Cause then when their head spins, it'd be like, you know, when you spin a sparkler and you can sort of do writing with it. I'll tell you what I did. I went and saw the Kinks once and Ray Davis, um, and I was in the front, you know, in, in the mosh pit, as much as you get a mosh pit mm. to Kinks gig. And he handed me a bottle of light ale, and I, I I kept that bottle of light ale for years. But I, I moved house so many times, I got lost. My dad, my dad came home from business. Well, get this, guys, he came home from business one time he and came he brought home me from back. Business. See a see a red boy. <laughs> He came home from business. He I mean, was, what was that? Uh, well, he was away on business. <laughs> okay. He could be away he on could business. Be away Can't on you come business. back from business? No, I think you have no, to. No, you have to be off the business. He came <laughs> yeah. back off business. He came off business. Okay, <laughs> and um, brought brought us Michaela Strachan's autograph. <laughs> Right. You know, that was the build-up to that was so good. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, I used to fancy Michaela Strachan like there was no tomorrow. Mm. But um, <laughs> autographs are not, not Why so good. Why does the fact that there is no tomorrow mean that you really fancy someone a lot more than you? Well, just imagine if there was no tomorrow. Mm. I think your, your amour would rise <laughs> like, a, so? like, a, like, a, like a roaring sexy. flame. Yes, I think so. Oh, there's a little email saying, Ethan says good morning, he's listening. He's wow. very advanced, isn't that's he? That's his first word. He's that's quite really advanced. God, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a sell. What's she called? Selma Blair. What's she called? Linda Blair. Linda Blair. Who's Selma Blair? She's an actress. Thanks. No, we had another email um, from um, Matt Williams. He says, "I've listened to your great podcast for a few months now, but this is the first time I've listened to the live show via the net. I've just checked out the webcam. Emily is even sexier than I imagined. I can't believe she is single." 
Keep up the good really? work, Frank and team. Emily, you are not only sound sexy, you are sexy. I think. What? Uh, <laughs> I see under the impression that there's no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt thinks it might be the end. Matt, Matt thinks this might be the end of the world. Although he is from Bristol, so I could see how he could think that. Oh, oh Bristol's lovely, Mr. Bournemouth. Rather too cool for school. <laughs> if you do want to text him, by the way, um, the number is eight twelve fifteen, and I'd love to know what pop memorabilia you've got. Or actually any sort of celebrity mm. memorabilia. Because some people have got really unusual... Mm. I mean, people have asked me for very unusual things. Weird um, stuff. Early in the morning in hotel really? rooms. Well, I steal I quite a lot this. of your belongings and I'm stockpiling them um, and sell them on eBay. Well, I once found that, someone... That, that, okay. <laughs> yes, I don't okay, mind that. that's fine. Um, I once found someone going through my bag in a hotel room uh, looking for a, a souvenir. Was that an ex-girlfriend? <laughs> that was an ex-girlfriend. It was... Um, I think that would be an exaggeration. <laughs> it was someone I met brief. Oh, <laughs> absolute radio. I'm doing a. I'm doing a movie tomorrow. Are you? Oh, yes. <laughs> Go on, ask me about it. Do you remember when we had Ben Miller in as a guest? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's making a, a, a movie about comedy. I mean, a, a, not a, not a documentary, a, a drama thing, and uh, well, it's probably a comedy actually about a double act and there's a bit where they have to they get drunk and disgrace themselves at the comedy awards and they're carried out so he wants this shot of all these comedians looking disapprovingly so uh, we're all going to um, Centre Point tomorrow in central London and uh, and filming this this bit I don't so think you've I'm got to look disapproving. Are you practising your look? Are you going to really ham it up? Well, yeah, but if I do it on the right, it's not going to be that funny. <laughs> well, I could say from personal experience, you are very good at looking disapproving. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. I think it's one of my. I think I, you know, I'm slightly typecast to be honest. But um, I'm quite excited to be in the film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Although I'll tell you something, Gareth, what? which you might not be aware what of. Do you know that Emily has actually been in films and things? I did not know that. Yeah. What films have you been in? Oh, darling, I, I worked all through the 70s and 80s. Um, no, I was a child actress. Oh, wow. I thought yeah. you said through the 70s and 80s. Uh, yeah, am I did my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank! Oh, my God. That's amazing. So what were you in? I was in... OK, so films. I was in a film called Memoirs of a Survivor with Julie Christie, mm. and I played a kind of feral child. Yeah. Shut up, Frank. Right. And um, I, the big thing I did, I did a BBC series called Dare the Triffids. Oh, I remember like, that. Yeah, I was in that. And I've got Triffid in my bathroom. But I had to stop doing it because I was getting a bit spoiled, I think. I was offered a film. I only found out recently. I auditioned for a film and did a big screen test. And my mum said, oh, you didn't get it, darling. And I cried and cried. Oh. And I found out a year ago that I did get it. And it was the French lieutenant's woman with Meryl Streep. So hold on. Oh. So your mum knew you'd got it. But and she told... told me I didn't. But to be fair to her... <laughs> No, but she was worried that I'd become spoiled. And I yeah, said to sure her... she was. She's an actress, your mum, isn't she? Yeah. There wasn't a hint of bitter <laughs> no. jealousy. No. <laughs> oh, God, it's no. like whatever happened to Baby Jane. <laughs> no, darling, you didn't get the film part. <laughs> no, Frank, I'd really like to take this opportunity to say she was genuinely worried that I'd be going to Hollywood and... Yeah, that would be horrible. Mm. No, but I did say <laughs> Poor, to her... Yeah. yeah, but I'd end up like Michael Jackson. I did say to her... Um, I said, you're worried I'd be spoilt, but now I'm just spoilt without the money. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You, what would you have been in the French Lieutenant? Meryl Streep's daughter. I met her, did a screen <sighs> test with her. a big part. <laughs> I know. Wow. The closest you got was Linda Blair's earrings. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Blair's earrings would be a great title for a 
banned, I think, do you think? It would, wouldn't it? By the way, if you've got any celebrity memorabilia, do text us on... I can't read the number from here, but... Um, oh, here it is, 8, 12, 15. It's very professional this morning. Also, everyone, we're on Twitter. Oh, are we? Yeah, we're on Twitter. So um, we, you can search for it. It's Frank on Absolute is the name, and you can search for Frank Skinner as well. But we're on Twitter, so we're live, and we're going to... I've done one very boring Twitter so far. Have you? It says we're live on the radio. I'm going to make right. you tweet, We need Frank. to do better than that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure about the Twitter thing generally, but I'm, I'm going to try and get into it for the benefit of the show. God, I want to do something for the benefit of the show this morning. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily and Gareth. We're asking people what sort of celebrity memorabilia they've got. I've got a, a hair from Elvis's horse. Emily's got a Triffid from when she was in Day of the Triffids on the telly. What have you got? Have you got anything, Gareth? You've got I, some stuff of mine. I had Michaela Strachan's autograph. Oh, Michaela Strachan's <laughs> autograph, which I think we'll agree is in third position at the moment. <laughs> okay, what When someone it? says, I caught Isaac Hayes' drummer's drumstick, could have had my eye out. Mm. Don't know who that's from. Um, Morning, Frank. I have a Fender guitar signed by Ian Gillen of Oof. Deep Purple. That's quite good, isn't and it? And guess what? I won it on Leona's show on Absolute Radio a few weeks ago. Oh, uh, so, he, so, he won that. so he's just crowing. He's mm, a crowing yeah, competition winner. Yeah. There's a man here who's got Anthony Worrell Thompson's blender, which <laughs> I quite like. <laughs> does, does, he says it's not noticeably better than a normal blender, but it's quite good. But when he says he's got, he's, this isn't just something you can buy. It's not like a, a bloke phone no. says I've got George Foreman's grilling machine. No, he says that he went to Henley and um, Anthony Warren Thompson was having a garage sale outside his house. What? Yeah. <laughs> and sold it to him. Is he, is he in reduced circumstances? <laughs> I, I thought things were going quite well for I Anthony Warren Thompson. I liked your manager laughing very loudly at that. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. in reduced any, any other celebrity um, struggling with their career is one of his favourite gags. Uh, well, why would Anthony Warren Thompson be having a garage sale? Because, oh, OK. If you need a velvet jacket, though, that's the place to get off to, isn't there, it? There is a reason behind it, but I'm no clearer having read it. I think it says, I, to maximise exposure to the passing footfall. I think he, <laughs> That's a good line, I, I like think that. he's suggesting that he wanted attention. Yeah, exactly. And he wanted to let people know he lived there. <laughs> but actually, he's doing quite well, because he lives in Henley. Yeah. Look, everyone, I live here. Would you like to buy a blender? <laughs> It's quite a good thing if you're going to buy anything of Anthony Worrell Thompson's. It's nice to know that uh, I'm not I'm not overly impressed by your um, the cooking thing. I wouldn't I, want all his old leftovers. Oh. Well, no, but you know, at least it's been handled by an expert, if you know what I mean. It's like when I went out with uh, one of Rod Stewart's exes. Absolute radio. We've got the Dotworth Lewis method in today, which is uh, Neil Hannan and Thomas Welsh, and uh, they've got. <laughs> Walsh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Thomas Walsh. <laughs> and um, and they've got a new album. It's out, is it out now, the album? It's not out yet. It's the 6th of July. And it's called The Age of Revolution? No. It's, it's called the, Oh, God, I'm really <laughs> messing. This is the it's least professional. all over the place. <laughs> yeah. The single is The Age of Revolution, and it's out tomorrow. Yes, it's out. Digitally. It's a, so what's the album called? If you walk the into a shop... The Method. Okay, and... The Duckworth Lewis method. So it's the, by the it's one of those eponymous. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Whenever I say it, it sounds like kind of a rap or something. It's the Duckworth Lewis method. 
Yeah. yeah. In case anyone doesn't, try it. in case anyone doesn't know, I'll let you explain what the Duckworth Lewis method is, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but not in too much detail. <clears throat> Duckworth Lewis method is when uh, one team has a bunch of runs, the second team doesn't have as many. Uh, deliveries in which to get said runs because of some delay and so they have to uh, shush, uh, they have to lower the amount in a mathematical way uh, so that they can get uh, uh, some sort of result is that enough? Yeah, I'm, hey! I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with is that. Is it like the offside rule or something? It's, it's basically it's much if, more complicated if it, ra- <laughs> if it rains okay. you, you need to try and make the oh, anyway, okay. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a cricket thing. Really? So, um the, the cricket is it, is it come from a genuine love of cricket, or did you just think it'd be a novel thing to write? Did about? you get on the cricket bandwagon just to be cool? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we both absolutely adore cricket. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm not an aficionado. I'm not a statistician. Statistician. That's quite hard at this time of the morning. Well, I'm not uh, saying but um, you know, love the game. Can't think of anything better than to sit down for five days and watch a game that might not have a result. Yes, <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. To annoy the Americans. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure lots of people have pointed this out, but I, I don't normally associate um, Irish people with cricket. Are you seeing racist? Well, um, am I being racist? Well, that, that's today's phoning. Was that racist <laughs> or not? Where's the complimentary Guinness in the yeah. I don't think there are enough phone-ins on commercial <laughs> radio <laughs> with the word racist. Sorry, I've been re- reading Clinton Letts. Clinton Letts off steam. Basically, uh, no, our, uh, the Irish have a tough time with cricket, and uh, in fact it was yeah, what brought us yeah. together. You know, uh, we were in a car, and... Uh, Surely being in a car brought you together. It to did bring us together, you know, in a physical sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then the, they, they actually started talking about the cricket scores on the radio, on Irish radio, which is so rare. I went, turn it up, turn it up. And, uh, I, you know, I said, you won't care about this. But then uh, Thomas said, I racist. love cricket, you know, and we suddenly we had two things in common. Had you known each other for a while at that point? Uh, no, not no, that not long. long. I asked no. Neil to, to sing on a charity song I did in Ireland. Okay, oh, God. one of those phone calls, one of those chats. No, I dorsed off them with an email. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think about them? pulling out at the last minute or saying no, Neil? But the problem was, it was a really good song. Oh, okay. Tinsel and Marzipan, great Christmas song. Thank you. Yeah, and it will become massive one day. Mm. Like myself. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I could play that now, but we don't have that, <laughs> I, have, I have to say. So, that, so that's the moment. See, see, yeah. I find even living in England, if you say you, you, you're big on cricket, people look at you like you're a bit strange. So in, although Samuel Beckett was into cricket, wasn't he? One of the, one of the great uh, you Irish You know what? Men. There's been massive amounts of cricket fans in Ireland over the years. Uh, uh, out of the cupboard it, now, aren't they? Out of the pavilion. Uh, uh, yeah, out of the wardrobe. <laughs> Out of various places. Well, there's, there's a great story about Samuel Beckett went to Lords with a <clears> mate of his. You know, Samuel, in case you don't know who Samuel Beckett is, he wrote quite bleak plays. And the bloke said to him, Oh, you know, here we are, we've got tickets for Lords, it's a sunny day. It makes you glad to be alive, doesn't it? And Samuel Beckett said, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. <laughs> <laughs> great company. <Yeah. laughs> no. um, well, I think I think uh, cricket would have a lot in common with Beckett plays, really. Um, you know, it's just sort of. Strange and slightly pointless, but uh, and you know, it's a, be- a beautiful it? world. You know, yeah. a kind of a weird other place with anachronistic terminology. And very what uh, could be better. Can I say you're the first person ever to say anachronistic terminology on Absolute Radio? Hey! I'd like to congratulate you for that. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio.
That was the Eight Revolution by Duckworth Lewis Method, who sit before me as I speak. It's, I don't think we've ever had a music guest on before and actually played their record. It's it's slightly an unnerving experience. Well, it's it's good. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Break though. the myth. The only unnerving experience is whistling along to your own records <laughs> and feeling slightly soiled. I don't know why. But that's an incredible. That riff is so catchy. It gets under your skin like <laughs> uh, like that like flesh eating thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, cricket a- musical DNA. No, but it's it's. Uh, I love it. I love the Thanks, whole. Man. I wasn't. Sh- I'll be honest with you. I was wary when I heard it was about. As much as I love cricket, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if these Eddie two Wary? things will mix. Where? I was Eddie Waring. Yes, <laughs> but you know, I looked up and under, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it was do it. Oh, do more. Do more. <laughs> do your Elvis Costello. I was told by. Oh, yeah. I, was just, I think. Have you, you seen it? Say, he said it to me. I thought, no. No, don't hey, stop. Don't stop me. Anyway, anyway, we've asked people to call in if they've got any um, celebrity memorabilia. And I, as you two mix with celebrities on a regular basis, I wonder if you've ever stolen anything. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing. I'm just not a collector of anything. In fact, I usually lose all my cool stuff. Whereas Thomas, I have an acetate <laughs> of Freddie Lennon's single "John Lennon's Father" called "It's My Life." Wow, yeah, one sided pie acetate. That's nice. <laughs> I've also got Eli's first album song by Jeff Roy and Bev yeah. from Heavyhead Records in 1971. So yours is mainly Muso stuff. I'm, I'm completely not an ELO. Jeff Lynn Roy would not. You don't have Anthony Wall Thompson's blender. Anthony Wall Thompson's blender makes me shudder. Well, it would do if you were in it. If I ingested it, it would make me shudder. Yes. I don't think you should ingest. Can I just say, there's any children listening? <laughs> don't ingest uh, Anthony Warrell Thompson's blender. We've I had an email in for Thomas. Oh, yeah. It says, Hi, Frank. Is that Thomas Walsh from Pogwash and the XTC forum? Earl from Slough, XTC fan. Earl, thank you for making me f- <laughs> seem famous. Well, it is. Oh. It is that Thomas Walsh. It is me, yes. Yeah. Well, when they say from Pogwash, they don't mean he was in the cartoon. Even though I look like him. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to say that, Tom. Like not this, for one second. <laughs> yeah, it's radio. radio. <laughs> Jim, all the impressions are coming out that today. Yeah. Well, so thank you, Earl. From yes, you see, Thomas, you think you think Neil's the famous one, but um, turns out today we haven't had one email about Neil. It's all been it's been Thomas, 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 <laughs> over and over. Who am so, I? So um, you're Lewis. Are you? Uh, is, is, it, is it a relief? Uh, Neil, not to be um, a massive sort of get screamed at type pop star for a change. Well, I really wasn't in the first place. Um, but oh, um, you, 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 well, you, yeah, the, didn't you the girls? Well, I, I think the I, girls. Yeah. I think the girls used to quite like you. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, but they, they always threw the wrong things at me. You know, it was it was always like long sort of three novels. three page sort of A four essays of letters. You know, <laughs> you know quoting various intellectual uh, writers. <laughs> Whereas uh, just Nickers would have done me fine. <laughs> you, know? you see, that's the trouble with the with, with the old intellectual <laughs> angle. Yeah. You, I see Russell Brand; he's managed to b- balance it perfectly. Yeah. He uses the odd big word. He really does, doesn't he? He, yeah. he, he fancies himself as a bit of an intellect, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, he wears his brain on his sleeve. He fancies himself too. Can <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say that? I think I, I think, think I he's the that. new Neil Hannon in, in that respect. He's the kind of one girls who kind of are doing A level English. <laughs> I think they cool. they look for an intellectual, you know, hero. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you are. So that's the next Come phone. Yeah. <laughs> Just call in for Neil. He's available. <laughs> no, he's not actually. <laughs> Absolute radio. So you two are, are at the uh, not you two. Uh, it's not you. If anyone's thinking, oh god, he's got you two. Um, <laughs> you're at the you're at the Oval this afternoon. Yeah, um, in South East London. Well, very kindly, um, Surrey Middlesex is it twenty twenty match and. Uh, they asked us just to come along and play a couple of 20-minute sets, you know, before the, the, the game kicks off for the for the good folks coming in. So I don't know whether we'll just sort of be standing there with a couple of guitars and a begging bowl at the right. entrance or whether we have some kind of a stage. But uh, That's just the busk, you know, yeah. to promote the Yale record. And it's nice to them at the Oval. They're lovely people at the Oval. Yes. And it's the Brit Oval, for other reasons, we thought it was... British thing, we didn't even know. No, it's well, actually, that's an insurance company. I don't want to let them mention them. Well, no, I didn't mention it, by the way. So okay, yes. Laurie Lewis, Lewis. Yes. <laughs> Just take that back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, so you're down, you're down. So someone who wants, even who's not interested in cricket, but yeah. interested in music, be worth going this afternoon, wouldn't it, to see Absolutely. you guys? And then watch the 2020 and think, oh my God, this is the greatest game invented. Yeah. yeah so, so, so will you be playing tracks from uh, the new album? Yeah, yeah. Age of Revolution forced actually. It's yeah. interesting that because when I heard it, it's, it mm. sounds like the kind of thing that it'd be quite difficult to do live. You'd need an orchestra and all that. I play the riff on the piano in a jaunty yeah, kind dip. of uh, barroom style. Yeah. So you're busking with the piano. Yeah, we're doing Japanese well, players yes. as well. Uh, that's not very busky. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, sorry, and an electric guitar. <laughs> right. Would you give money it's for a gig. If it's you had a, a grand gig. piano on the street, Frank. If you had a grand piano on the street, Busking, would you give money? It's not a real piano, it's <laughs> electronic devices. Now, I, I don't. Um, I, normally on the radio, I don't dedicate songs to, to Go people, on, you but, know um, you want to. Yeah, well, my girlfriend was so. I think Kate Bush kind of changed my girlfriend's life. So um, we, we're going to in a minute. We're going to play Kate Bush, and I want I want to dedicate it to Kath, who is the great love of my life. Great. Um, oh, do you, that's do funny. you do you my like the great love of my life is also Kath, right? Mm. And does Hopefully she like does she like Kath? <laughs> 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 <Yeah, laughs> <around laughs> it'd, it'd be a great place to find <laughs> out on the radio. <laughs> Where was she the other day? <laughs> 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 she keeps going around the house going da 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 da. Mm. Ah, so, um, so are you, what do you think about Kate Bush from a uh, musician's oh, point of view? I adore Kate Bush. Fully single, so oh, does Kathy. Right. Yeah. yeah, she. Oh, does she really? Yeah. All the Kathys love Kate Bush. Yeah. Mm. She wrote her best songs when she was fourteen, fifteen. It's incredible. Yeah, well, mm. actually, I would say twenty-five-ish. Pounds um, of Love is just amazing, right? Well, and on that debate, amazing. we're going to have to go. So, thanks very much to the Dotworth Lewis Method. Go out, see him at the Oval, buy the album. Goodbye from Emily, goodbye from Gareth, and goodbye from Frank Skinner. We'll see you next week. This is Running Up the Hill by Kate Bush. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio.